And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. I'm amazed this story wasn't bigger and it might be this week. Yeah? The FBI improperly used uh, warrantless search powers against U.S. citizens more than 278,000 times in the year ending November 2021, according to unsealed Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court filing. That's a FISA court filing. This is the court doing it. The U.S. citizens covered in that improper effort included people involved in the Capitol riot, George Floyd protesters during the summer of 2020, and donors to a failed congressional candidate, the filing said. Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act allows government to conduct targeted surveillance of non-U.S. persons located abroad to acquire foreign intelligence information. When U.S. citizens are flagged as part of these investigations, the FBI takes over the process uh, of... uh, looking into them for possible security reasons. Hmm. The court filing, which spanned 127 pages, was unsealed Friday by the FISA court, but was filed in April of 2022. As this is a statement from the FBI, as Director Ray has made clear, the errors described in the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court's opinion are completely unacceptable a senior FBI official told Fox News on Friday as a result of the audits that revealed these instances of noncompliance, the FBI changed its uh, querying procedures uh, to make sure that these errors do not happen again. These steps have led to significant improvement in the way that we conduct uh, the lawful, lawfully obtained information of, uh, of Section 102. We are committed to continuing this work and providing greater transparency into the process to earn the trust of the American people and advance our mission of safeguarding both the nation's security, uh, privacy, and civil liberties at the same time a senior FBI official said. I want to know more. You know, they say 278,000 times in 2021. 
uh, uh, other reports on this say the FBI misused its powerful digital surveillance powers nearly 300,000 times between 2020 and early 21. Maybe that is rounding off 278,000. Yeah. Including on against January 6 protesters, according to a newly unsealed court document. Uh, according to the April 22 court opinion written by uh, Judge Rudolph Contreras, FBI agents ran 23,132 uh uh, separate searches of presumed uh, Americans to find evidence of possible foreign influence, although the analysts conducting the searches had, quote, no indications of foreign influence related to anything. Uh, FBI in June of 2020 searched data for 133 people arrested in connection with civil unrest and protest. Uh, of the George Floyd riots between May 30th and June 18th. The FBI also conducted uh, 656 searches around that time to vet people as informants. This has got nothing to do with foreign governments at all. That's exactly what the court found. The FBI also searched the communications of 19,000 donors to an unnamed congressional candidate because the campaign was allegedly a target of foreign influence? By the way, they were all improper, those 19,000. Senior FBI officials claimed to the Washington Post that the problems cited in the opinion had been fixed already. We're not trying to hide from this stuff, but this type of noncompliance is unacceptable, a senior FBI official told the outlet. Uh, I'm telling you. I, well, what were the rest of the nearly 300,000? They say 300,000 and then... Were there multiple times in those 23,000? Is that what they're saying? There were multiple different searches in the 23,000 that led up to 300,000? I hate when a story comes out like this, and obviously you read it, you go, well, the math doesn't make sense. Why isn't it explained anywhere? Right. I don't see it explained well, anywhere. there are a couple of things. I want to know more about the database itself. Because if these, you know, all of these queries uh, in the database... Uh, were done outside of the rules, then I want to know about the the database itself. I because you you have to go back further and further and further and say, okay, look, we got to get to the very foundation of the issue here. This is uh, from Reuters. Uh, the court found that this, that searches as a part of probes into crimes between the years 2016 and 2020 violated the rules because there was no reasonable basis to expect they would return foreign intelligence or evidence of a crime. It was a phishing expedition. They were just using the database. This goes back even further than than all of this that was released on Friday. There, it's Which makes me wonder, how far back does it go? Well, 
How long has this been going but, on? But aren't uh, all right because of my what I want to say is I'm sick and tired of the FISA court filing these reports. Are they getting fooled all the time? Well, okay. So we go back to the work done by John Solomon and Sarah A. Carter in the spring of 2017. What they found was that uh, at the FISA court level, that the Obama administration, keep in mind this was in October of 2016, the Obama administration went to the FISA court, basically in some kind of weird mea culpa kind of thing, telling the courts, we did not comply with with, uh, what your, the court's directive for us in terms of violating citizens' rights which went all the way back to, according to the documents found by Sarah A. Carter and John Solomon, then all the way back to 2011, when Mueller was, when Mueller was, was leading the, the FBI, FBI yes. and and that's important because at that point, now when they found those papers, Mueller had not been assigned, but after he was assigned, we looked we looked at that and said, okay, wait a minute, that means you know if he doesn't go back to the basis. Of the of the the FISA warrant against Carter Page, then you're not doing the full work. Well, might he not go back because he doesn't want to go all the way back to that other element of again uh, the FBI going to and Department of Justice going to the FISA court saying, "Yeah, sorry, our bad. We didn't comply." You know, going back to twenty when you told us to stop violating citizens' rights. Yeah, going to, back to 2011. Ju- just to explain it for those who may not know anything about it, when when uh, uh, Mueller started the investigation into Trump-Russia collusion, mm-hmm. we had stated that that at that time we said, well, if he doesn't go back, because you have to assume as an investigator, you're, you, what you're told is we don't know what the crime is, but the allegation is Trump colluded with the Russians. To change the outcome of the election, mm-hmm. either hacking or whatever he—we don't know what he did. There is no, there is no crime. There's simply an allegation, and there's the the—they already knew at that point that the dossier was bogus. Right, they knew it that even the Mueller investigation knew it was. But still, you sat there and went, "Where do you start? You're the Mueller investigation, and you're you're starting." And, and I'm, let's take politics out of it completely. You take politics out of it. Simply, you're the investigator. And you say, okay, we need to find out. Uh, we've been told we need to find out whether Trump colluded with the Russians. Where do you look? Right. And you say, ah, oh, okay. Um, the FBI got a FISA warrant to look at the Trump campaign. Well, that has to be the strongest evidence. If you can get a secret warrant to spy on a presidential campaign, that information must be so damning, that's where we would need to start from. Right. Well, we now know the FISA warrant was bogus. Right. We all know it was bogus. Right. And we always stated, is Mueller not going back to look at that because he doesn't want to accuse the FBI of bogus warrants when he was involved and he was the head of the FBI when the FISA court went all the way back to 2011 and said, you guys aren't following proper procedures for FISA warrants, and this is a serious issue. You're violating Americans' constitutional rights, and it went all the way back to Mueller in 2011, and we always ask that question, is that why he didn't go down the path 
any investigator would have gone down, and nobody else except us has ever well, brought that up. And I know. by the way, there was an application for that FISA warrant on Carter Page in uh, within days of the FBI also going to the FISA court saying their little mea culpa, we didn't comply with what you had told us. I yeah, mean, I don't know if right. those two are connected because I, I don't know if there's a correlation there at all. But time the timeline, though, is pretty darn close and really makes you wonder. And here's what's interesting. Reuters reports that, all right, so I, I mentioned the crimes that they talked about uh, and uh, between 2016 and, and 2020. Well, the ODNI, that's the Office of the, the uh, Director of National Intelligence, said that the FBI tightened its procedures in mid-2021 and 2022. Quote, as a result, These compliance incidents do not reflect the FBI's querying practices subsequent to the full deployment of the remedial measures. What they're saying here is they went in to straighten it up in 21 and 22, but this this, this entire group of 278,000 incidents even violates the, what they did to fix it. <laughs> this, this is this is this is why we're looking. They oh, keep going. Oh no, we fixed it, and then violating the fix. Did you see that the total number of queries from at, in 2022? Did you see that where it was 3.4 million? Uh, yeah, I, I did thought see I saw that. that. In I thought I story. Saw, yes, I'm not. Uh, I, I can't find it in the two stories I have here, but I'd seen yeah, that earlier. That was, yeah, I, I thought that FISA warrants were so incredibly rare. Because mm. I was wondering if there were 278,000 uh, you know, basically unauthorized uh, queries, then what was, this, what was the total amount? And I thought I saw 3.4 3. million. 3.4. Uh, 3.4. Yeah. In I- the year ending November of 2022, the, uh, the, the FBI conducted a total of about 204,000 queries a 94% drop from the previous year's reporting period when it conducted nearly 3.4 million. Oh, man, this do is all, I have questions. This is all warrantless stuff. This is this is bypassing, yep. you know, and and to and you and I way back when when we when that first came out um in fact, even before the John Solomon article, we go back to what was it 2012-2013? When Ron Wyden, remember yeah. when the two Democrats Wyden came out? Wyden and And we said, where are the Republicans here? Right. Where are the Republicans? Did, they, they, this, they, wrote, uh, they wrote a letter to, I forget who. The, the, was it Brennan at the time? Was, he, was Brennan there? No. Clapper? No, no. It was the Attorney General, maybe? I forgot, yeah. At but, the time. But they said, look, we believe... That uh, that they're violating, uh, you know, the the protection set up in the in the uh, they're, they're violating all the, these parts of the Patriot Act. That that there 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 is, and we're the oversight. So oh, you that's know, we, right. Yeah, yeah. So we're doing something about it, and we asked the question right away. Well, we're we're the GOP members on this letter. Yeah, because they it, should be concerned because about the, it as the well. first screaming was see what the Patriot. No, we said the Patriot Act forbid them from from doing right, this. Right, right. 
and but it was the Democrats that that went sent it to the Attorney General. You're right, sent the letter yeah. saying we can't state what it is because it's it's classified. Right. But we're sending you the letter because it's wrong and you're violating Americans' rights. Yeah. And we just went. The system's completely screwed up. And right. if you can't fix it, scrap it. I think and that was was that the NSA thing. Yeah, that was yeah, was, yeah. that was the NSA. Yeah, the metadata, right? Yeah, that was the metadata stuff. Yeah, yeah. But we said if you can't if you can't do this properly, scrap it. Right. You no, cannot. I, you cannot have as you know the because it shows whatever the hell was going on. They knew it was wrong. Right. You're and, telling me and, nobody knew. You're talking hundreds of thousands. And you can't pin this on rogue agents. Sorry. Well, it was. Well, it is. It well, is it a was, matter of. It is a matter of practice if it is being done to this extent, and then every time you implement a fix, you violate the fix. Well, it could be two rogue agents: Comey and Strzok. I was going to say <laughs> McCabe and Strzok, Comey okay. and Strzok. Oh, three. <laughs> three. I mean, <laughs> pick your two. <laughs> but, I mean, you you see that? I just shake my head. I hope Republicans pound on this. I really hope they hit the and, ground with this this week. At least point to. You know, what we have said, and that is we've got a ton of questions and the we're House, going to have hearings on this. The House Oversight Committee needs yeah. to have Ray in front of them right now. I believe so. 86690-RED-EYE. More milk production, lower prices, but fairly strong margins. That's the gist of USDA's forecast for the dairy sector next year. USDA Outlook Board Chairman Mark Jekinowski says milk output seems to rise every year, of course, no matter what. And 2024, no exception. For 2024, we're expecting an increase in production of about 2.2 billion pounds from the current year. Or about a 1% increase. Mark says the dairy herd will be smaller. Milk per cow, though, expected to increase. Not so prices. We're expecting uh, product prices and milk class prices to be down just about across the board. However, costs of feed are also projected down next year. Corn by over 25%, soybeans almost 10%. And so Mark says for next year... The uh, overall uh, profitability situation for dairy farmers might still be relatively strong. This is Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Hey, it's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, we talk about the FBI, talk about the uh, the whole FISA warrant uh, problem there, and just the numbers. And I hope the Republicans hit this and hit that uh, really, really hard. But with the Durham report and everything last week, even Democrats know that the FBI is losing complete and total credibility. Here's Chuck Todd on Meet the Press hmm. on the FBI. Look, trust in the FBI is eroding left and right. Um, feels like we're in the moment that we need a real church committee, that this is a moment like J- when the J. Edgar Hoover FBI clearly was no longer helping the American people. There was a moment. It feels like we might be in one of those moments. They know. Yep, they know. Even though he tried to soft sell the Durham report. Right. Well, look, you, you see what the ODNI released on Friday. And it's it's just mind-boggling. It really is mind-boggling. Um, and it's maddening because over and over again, again, you know, we, we have this history now of, well, yeah, that's, we're going to stop doing that. No, we went in and we changed things, but you violated the new rules, the fix. You didn't change anything. The behavior is still the same. We're going to do what we want. Yeah. See, I don't think it's accidents. I think it's, no. I, I, and not necessarily conspiracy, not that there can't be a conspiracy. It's the culture. It's the culture. It's the culture. And that's that's when you talk about rot that's really hard to get rid of when it's yeah. culture. Right. Yep. That's yeah, I hope the GOP is on yep. this. to listen again with our podcast available on our app and at redeyeradioshow.com and it's Eric Carly and I'm Gary McNamara alright time for a beer update right on let's go <laughs> what do you got so I, I, I see this headline here nation's largest LGBTQ advocacy group strips Anheuser-Busch a perfect corporate uh, equality index score over Bud Light's Dylan Mulvaney fiasco. Told you, you can't win. There is well, no win. Well, it was. Uh, I was watching. I think it was YouTube, and it was uh, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank that was being interviewed. Yeah, and they were talking about damage control. <laughs> you know what? And you could tell. 
said, I don't know if there's an out for them. There's not a win. You're you're in it so deep. You should have never, should have never ever got it this far. And he was trying to, as a, if he was a consultant, he was, you know, trying to figure out what he would tell them. It was fascinating to watch because you could tell he was like, I don't know, you go back, you go back to the basics of it. Um, you know, people over 40 want a light beer because of the carb levels in it. And <laughs> something that you and I had said, you know, mm-hmm. how do you go back? And, and he's like, but I don't know. He said, I don't know if anything would work. And so there I was. I was, uh, I golfed on Saturday. Then after, uh, we decided to have a beer. Right. Oh man. All of a sudden a beer became a, a oh man, I can't have a Bud Light. Uh, how about a Mick Light? No, that's Anheuser-Busch too. Now, if I'm going to have a beer, I want it to be something with a lot of low carbs. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know what to do. I don't It's like I've got my phone out. I'm looking at the different light beers to see who they're manufactured by. And everybody else is doing the same thing. And so I look and on tap, it says eight, the eight beer that's out in Texas, which they call the Troy Aikman you know, the Troy Aikman beer. Right. Is what they call eight, it. As in the number eight. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Eight as right, exactly. Which was his number. His and, number, correct. Yeah. Right. And and so said, okay. <laughs> so I Googled it and it's not Anheuser Busch. So I'm like, oh, okay, good. Hmm. And it's uh brewed in Austin, only available in Texas. All right. And the uh, the bartender said, "Oh, this is really it's it's the best light beer out there, and it really is good." And I'm not in, I'm not this is not an endorsement, <laughs> even though I have used the product. <laughs> <laughs> and and they said, you know, two point six carbs, mm-hmm. you know, per bottle or glass, whatever. And right. So well, I don't care. It's a glass, but if it's three, I'm okay with it. Three grams of carbs beyond three, we're going to have a yeah. problem. It was delicious. Mm. I mean, it didn't taste like. You know, if I'm out somewhere and and somebody's going to have a beer and it's like have, you know, I have it, but it's like it's like I'm drinking water. Most of the light beers, there isn't a great flavor to it. This is great flavor. So I just decided at the bottom of the hour, I went, oh, it's really good beer. I wonder how they're marketing it. Oh, by the way, when they said 2.6 carbs, I went, I can have 10. All right, line them up. I'm kidding. Only 26 carbs. Uh, but I decided to go and, and look at, see, okay, how are they marketing this beer? Yeah. All right. So I go to the website, eight elite, elite, excuse me, eight elite light beer. So I'm elite because I drank one the other day. Oh, I see. So I'm part of the elite, just uh, so you know. Oh, uh, okay. So our story. So you're like, okay, what's your story? You ready? What I you mean, and I went, this is how you market beer. Now, it really has nothing to do with beer, but you market it in a particular brand. Here it is. Respect for dedication. We're here to celebrate the early risers, people who are determined, seeing every moment as an opportunity, the ones who show up and give everything they've got. We don't compromise in the gym, kitchen, office, or anywhere else. Why should our beer be any different? No shortcuts, no excuses. Every day we strive to be a little bit stronger than the day before, to climb a little higher, to brew a little better. Perfecting this recipe took two years worth of work with the very best minds in the brewing industry. 
We sweated every detail because uh, how we do one thing is how we do it all. I'm sorry, uh, bartender, but uh, my only question was, uh, can I get a beer? Life is a team sport. This is all our story for eight beer. Yeah. <laughs> Life is a team sport. We push ourselves every day, but we do so with others in mind. From day one, we're giving back 1% of our revenue to community efforts, starting with grassroots charity organizations in our home state of Texas, because we're all stronger when we grow together. Now I got to find out what charities they're giving we, to. <laughs> we push ourselves every day. And when we've had too many beers, we push other people. <laughs> Don't get us started. Uh, and then, then here, they really try to make it sound healthy here because two years of experimentation made with organic grains, <laughs> antioxidant-rich hops, 90 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs, no sugars, no shortcuts, no excuses. Drink Troy's beer. Well, my question is, okay, you don't say, you say no excuses, but why did you? brew it that way because whatever reason you give it's gonna sound like an excuse (laughs) i love it no excuses why are you late well i was in traffic (laughs) all right fine okay yeah so is it beer (laughs) okay i'm looking at who they support all right all right because they actually we are proud to partner with the following organizations, Military Warriors Support Foundation. All right. There All you right. go. Good. Uh, the Common Market, Good Fresh Local. I don't know what that is. Hmm. Do you? Yeah. Those are the two. Yeah. The Common Market. Sounds a little commie to me. Yeah, the commie market. Oh, did say the commune. Okay, just the, 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 the commune market. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> For the greater good. What? Yeah, Mayday. Um, so, <laughs> okay, it's a food product supplier. Maybe that is that who they're giving to. Mm. Oh, it's a nonprofit regional wholesale food distributor on a mission to connect communities. Okay, that's with, one of their with, causes. Yeah, to, with, to good food uh, grown by sustainable. Family farmers. Okay. So. All right. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Okay, I can deal with that. I can. Sure. De- I can deal with the two yeah. things that they're doing. So. Yeah. I mean, you got to check it now. Just to drink, I went through all of that to drink one glass of draft beer. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. They're they're supporting commies. No, it says common. <laughs> yeah, sure it does. It does now, but what about tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Well, the, but the thing that they do is what beer should do. You set just a general brand. Oh, I'm that kind of person. I'm up early. I'm doing stuff. So if I'm going to give 100%, I want a beer that gives 100%. When now, I'm when at you the break gym, it, I, the beer I want is, oh, never mind. <laughs> hey, why do you have a beer on the treadmill? And why are you sitting down on the treadmill? What's going on in here? Well... But see, that's how you do it. You don't do now. Who was it? Was it Miller mm. that did it a couple of years ago? Because we commented on it, mm-hmm. and it was a guy sitting on a bench. I don't know if it was a woman next to him, whatever. And they were talking about the beer and why they liked it. And the mm-hmm. guy said, "And it has such a fine pilsner taste." 
And we went, stop it. Nobody has ever said that in the history of drinking light beer. Just say you like the, it's yeah. got, I love the taste of it. Just say that. Right. And repeat that over and over. And then people will go, well, the guy in the commercial says it, it's it's got a good taste, so I'll I'll check it out. Right, good taste, right. Good, it tastes, right. It, it tastes fantastic. Yeah, it tastes great. Less filling. It has a fine Pilsner taste. I mm. went, I have Nobody no Nobody says I, Pilsner. I, I, you know, I, I, we, I was allowed to drink beer when I was 18. Yeah. I'm so old. I, I, I don't yet, know what. Pilsner I have means. no idea what a Pilsner taste is supposed to taste like. I, I, and don't tell me what the finish is. And it has a a bouquet <laughs> and a finish of, nope, I'm out. I will say this. This goes back about 10 years ago. And I, I was visiting Jerry, who I'm going to see this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, in uh, in uh, Jerry and his wife, beautiful wife, Mary. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, maybe their grandkids might get to see them. Mm. Uh, but... Uh, uh, we went to a, not the two frogs that we go to now. This was an older brewery. I don't even mm. know if it's in existence, but two frogs in Tarpon Springs will stop by there this weekend. Mm. Uh, but uh, another brewery, and they. By had the this, way, this is a commercial segment of the uh, program. It, it's a beer, yeah, yeah. No, but but we went in, and there was this. He said, "You got to taste this beer." I took a sample of this beer. You took a sip of it. It was bitter when it hit your tongue. Then it became sweet. Uh, I don't know how they did that. A sweet finish. Yeah, it was a sweet. So when you yeah. said finish, that's what I thought about. Mm-hmm. But it was instantaneous. It was like this. But you went, mm, um. it was mm. like because it was a tiny bit bitter and then sweet, sweeter finish than the Kentucky Derby. That's what I'm saying. I don't even know what that means, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I, if you have too many, you're going to have a DUI finish. That's the problem. Just, don't <laughs> just listen. Don't drink and drive. <laughs> Uber kids. Well you, well, you throw that in the commercial too. Yeah, but that, but if you're going to do a commercial, that's how you you know, or you're, you're going to brand something, and this is what it's about because of the debacle. But seriously, if you take the politics out of it, if somebody hired you mm-hmm. to say save Fix this, save Bud Light, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what, what I would do. What would you do? I would write one word on the can: Coors. That's that's how I that's that's what I would do. When I saw no, we said when this, I saw uh, Kevin O'Leary, I mean, he was you could tell he was like, "There's not a fix because I, you're not, not going fix. to you're not going to." And when they flinched, then the activists were coming after them. Now they're coming after. Now they're they're being boycotted by everybody. Yeah. Now nobody wants to drink your beer. Hey, way to go. That's something that you you're never going to win. But the, the problem is is again when you say somebody and we've said this before, when you say to somebody, "Hey, let's have a beer," what you're saying is, "Let's have a conversation." Yes, so you're going to sit down and you're yeah. going to have a talk. No. And that the beer is not the centerpiece of the conversation, but it's there. But when you make it the centerpiece of the conversation, then it changes the conversation. And that's exactly what they did here, is they wanted to come in and they inserted themselves into every conversation. So people said, I'm not going to, I don't want to make a statement one way or the other with my beer. Not even, it, it really it doesn't even matter how you 
feel about any of the issues involved. It's I don't want to have the conversation. You know, it's it's I don't call it a catalyst. But when you said that a couple of weeks ago, I went, that's a great point that that a beer you give somebody a beer. It's and I and I said that reminds me of my father that had the case of Ballantine beer just to have with Mr. Duncan when they cut the lawn in the summertime. Mr. Duncan would give my dad one. My dad would give him one and they'd sit and talk. It was about it was about conversation. It was about socializing. It was about communicating. And I think that's a great way to market a, a beer. I can see the imagery sitting at a table, relaxed with a beer, talking to yeah. You know, I'm talking to my dad. I'm talking to my family. I'm talking to my friends. You know that well, kind of thing. Golf after a golf round, talking to people you golf well, with, having a conversation. That's it. That's and it. It's got nothing to do with the beer. It's about just having a moment with other people, like my beer would be 9,000 calories and 240,000 carbs. Harley Heavy is what I call it. I like <laughs> At Harley Heavy, we know it's not about us. It's about sitting down, having a beer. Drink responsibly. <laughs> Our beer, more filling. <laughs> oh, it's going to fill you up. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Hey, maybe we can go out for a beer after work. <laughs> Uh, no. What's open at 530? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Any gentlemen, gentlemen's club? Oh, no. No. Uh, all right, getting... <laughs> no. I'll be asleep at quarter to six. Uh, yeah. So, coming up uh, this week, DeSantis is going to announce. Looks like Tim Scott yep. will announce. I mean, he's in. Yeah, he's in. So... Uh, and, and you see more and more, I mean, the media has been building this, but they, they fear DeSantis because he's a viable candidate, uh, just like with Trump or anybody else, anybody on the right that is a viable candidate, they're going to, they're going to look to build the, you know, the demon. Yeah. You mentioned, and I saw the article, the hit job yeah. from Politico, Politico on DeSantis's wife, which is oh, laughable, God, you know, that his, the people that his opposition doesn't like her. That's one basis for their entire article. I know. <laughs> well, of course they don't like her. And that she's on the mailers that they're sending out. Well, of course she would be. She's the first lady of Florida. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.